0: Money. Mindset. I think that sounds all right. Hello and welcome to Millennial Money Mindset. If you want the fruits, you need the roots. Thank you so much for joining us. This is season three of the podcast. We have been joined by money bloggers, influencers in the money space, as well as startup founders who are starting companies within the money and investment space. Today, we are joined by Sam Short, who is the co-founder of the Moneyed app. And we are talking about millennials. We're talking about money and we're talking about entrepreneurship, business failure and building Resilience in business, as well as talking about women in tech. We also talk about our favorite flavor of crisps and stay right to the end where Sam gives us her joke about physicists. So, without further ado, this is Millennial Money Mindset. If you want the fruits, you need the roots. Yeah, so Sam, thanks so much for joining us. Um, yeah, so Sam, short from Money. So, yeah, you'll tell me more about yourself and your entrepreneurial journey.
1: Yeah, great. Um, so, I guess my background, so my professional background is in both data science and business. So, prior yeah. to starting my need at the start of 2020, I okay. was a lead scientist at Boston Consulting Group. So, okay. helping huge companies basically solve their problems using applied machine learning. Yeah. Um, my academic background, so before that, is actually in particle physics. So,
0: wow. Yeah, super nerdy, right? Uh, super interesting. <laughs>
1: Yeah, so I have um, a PhD in particle physics from Imperial College and I also worked doing some academic research as well.
0: Okay, cool. So yeah, yeah they- no, that's super interesting. So yeah, tell me more about what money, money does. I've, um, I've had a look on your website. Yeah, it looks super interesting.
1: Yeah, um, I guess first I'll just tell you maybe the, the motivations around money and then hopefully I'll give you an intro. Yeah, to- tell me your
0: why. Why did you start? What, what yeah. sort of problems are you solving?
1: So I think it was like six years ago when I was working in academia, um, I made a friend, Phil, who's now my co-founder, and we both left to to join the real world. He went to a financial advice company. I went to BCG. um, And we realized that we had no clue what we needed to do to achieve all of our important life goals. Yeah. So basically, Phil was thinking about buying a house. And for me, it was just BCG asking me how much I should put in my pension.
0: Right? I had
1: no clue. Like none at all. Like what was a good percentage? um and so we also realized that there were no tools that would help us do that so mm-hmm. there were like budgeting apps but that's super short term right it's basically just getting to the end of the month yeah um, our works ran seminars but they were really impersonal like it's great that you give me all this information but then so what right what do i do with it um so then the only kind of options were were expensive or like not tech so like maybe going to a financial advisor but we didn't want to speak to one um it's so it was basically-
0: expensive as well Pardon? they're super expensive as well, financial advisors, £100,000 over 20 years just to top up your lifetime allowance. I, I used to be a financial advisor, so that's how I know. Oh, really? Yeah, sorry to keep, to no, no. Yeah, keep going.
1: Yeah. Um, and also, like I think a financial advisor wouldn't have been interested in me, right? Like I don't have huge amounts of wealth.
0: That's the thing. Most financial advisors turn you away if you don't have £80,000 plus in assets. But yeah, so continue. Which yeah, I,
1: want... I didn't, obviously. Um, so the only option was really to do it ourselves. And yeah. I know a lot of it in spreadsheets, yeah. in spreadsheets. Uh, so we just made that, and then that's moneyed.
0: Okay, cool. So yeah, so t- tell me more. about it's quite, it's quite interactive. It's quite kind of um, yeah. So who, well, who would be your ideal person to help?
1: Yeah. So we're we're targeting uh, millennials. Okay. Um, basically people who kind of earn over the median income or you you're in a, in a position where, you know, you have some extra money at the end of the month. So we're not really designed to help people with a lot of debt. It's more like you have some extra money, you know, what should you actually do to make sure you achieve your life goals?
0: Yeah. So what's it like being, tell me more what's it like to be a millennial in 2020? So this channel is called millennial money mindset, but yeah, I'd be interested in hearing your thoughts.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think being a millennial for me is probably very similar to to a lot of other people right like good luck ever buying a house especially if you live in london yeah Uh, really nice but uh, i i currently don't own a house um i think it probably also means like less job security and also less economic security right like we're not like our parents we don't have the same job for 20 years yeah um and then i think also specifically i guess being being a woman but also for everyone I think families are quite different for millennials, right? We don't, it's not the case where you have a breadwinner who's the yeah. man who goes out to work. It's much different now for millennials.
0: Yeah. And I read some statistics. Well, I went to a seminar with some statistics this week, and it was about how getting married, as well, in our parents' generation, the, I think, I can't remember the exact stats, it was a Daniel Priestley book, and he was basically saying that it's much more likely to, you know, our parents' generation, you'd work all your life at the end of that. Working life, you get a guaranteed income for life, like a pension, which that's not happening today. It's much more likely to have, you know, the kind of stereotypical kind of lifestyle where, yeah, essentially it's more flexible. But in a way, it's a good, it's a good thing. It's just different. I don't think it's right or wrong.
1: No, no, I completely agree. Like, I think also that the job security, like, yeah, maybe we don't have the same job security, but actually it means we have more
0: opportunities, right? Yeah. Like,
1: we change career much more often to figure out what we actually want to do for money.
0: Yeah. I think it's more about purpose and meaning, meaning as well and kind of what you actually want out of life. There's, um, there was a book I was reading as well, Dan um, Dan Pink, or is it, is it someone pink? But essentially he's looking at kind of, aut- we're all more autonomous, we have more into purpose and we're actually more kind of learning a skill to become kind of mastering that skill more than kind of you know, working at kind of a nine to five rat race that our parents' generation might have been. So Definitely. yeah, no, that's interesting about, yeah, millennials and um yeah how the problems you're looking to solve so let's imagine that money was no object you've got you hold in your hand the lottery ticket the winning lottery ticket and money was no object so what would you what would you do either after after you go on kind of the holidays you might give a bit to charity you might i don't give um give you buy your parents a, a nice car or something like that what would you do with your time
1: um Well, I think first, after I'd done all of those things, I'd probably look into buying a flat in London. Maybe if I could get something with outside space, that would be really nice. I think in the the lockdown, outside space is a winner.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: If I'm honest, I think other than that, I probably wouldn't change very much else. Like I'm still, I'm really committed to money because it solves a problem that I have. And I know that so many other people have as well. So I think I'd still definitely work. Um, I'd probably invest. More, maybe okay. investing as well.
0: So how would you invest?
1: Yeah, I think so. I actually only recently, I say recently, in the last few years, learned about investing. And okay. Vanguard is a really good platform to actually help you because there's low fees. Like I've never heard any of this. Before.
0: Yeah, well, there's other, other platforms, World defined yeah. Nutmeg, um, Moneybox. There's, yeah, there's plenty out there compared to when I started investing 20 years ago, there was nothing about that. Mm-hmm. I started off at TD Waterhouse, and that's now being bought up as a, as a broker. But yeah, essentially there's so many options today. There's, you can go to deep discount broker, brokers or you can go to, yeah, these kind of robo-advisors or you can get financial advice. But yeah, I guess the problem is that there's so much choice out there that it's almost what they call the paradox of choice. You almost have too many choices, which can be quite challenging.
1: Maybe that's also a millennial problem as well, right? I feel like we have so much choice that maybe it's too much choice.
0: Exactly. Yeah, that is true. So um so what would be your favorite mistake or any do you have any embarrassing habits with money?
1: Um, so I think my my co-founder would tell you that I spend too much money on crisps.
0: Chris, which is, okay. Uh, What's your favorite flavor of crisps?
1: Um, pickled onion Walkers.
0: Wow, that's controversial. Really I can see why your coworker wouldn't wouldn't be happy with that. <laughs>
1: Um, so was, I, think, I yeah. was going to
0: say I'm a smoky bacon fan myself. I don't eat meat either. I'm like I've now don't um, been like vegetarian for like three years, but I, but I still love smoky bacon crisp, which is quite weird and bizarre. But um, yeah, I awesome. don't actually have meat in it. But yeah, that's
1: yeah. I feel like the only thing also as a vegetarian I miss is bacon, bacon sandwiches.
0: Yes, that is yeah. But uh, so why did you become a vegetarian? That's quite a millennial thing. I, yeah. You said you don't you miss. So I'm assuming that you're a vegetarian. But...
1: Yeah, no, no, definitely vegetarian. Would really like to be vegan, but I, it's really, really hard. Um, especially because I hate cooking. So.
0: Yes, it's yeah. You have to kind of learn a completely dif- different skill. Actually, funny enough. In my book, Millennial Money Mindset, if you want the fruits, you need the roots. In the the last chapter, which I was almost too scared to 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 include, I talk about yeah, strangely about uh, vegetarianism, how much land use it takes, and how much how bad it is for the planet. I kind of talk about. Yeah, impact investing and how kind of we as millennials can now I don't know, we have the power or the tools in our hands to kind of choose how to invest and one of the things that there was an oxford study i'm going off on a tangent here but like one of the oxford studies showed like how much co2 would be saved if people went vegetarian or how much land use it's like 36 times land use to use yeah um yeah by using cows but yeah i wasn't even planning to talk about that but yeah i've gone off on a kind of tangent but no i think it's kind of a millennial topic where the, the amount of people that now become, that don't eat meat now, it's quite, quite a lot more.
1: I think we're no. just much more engaged, but like, because there's more information out there as well. Like yeah. there's even, I don't know if you watched that, the Netflix documentary, Cowspiracy.
0: Yes, yeah. That Do was one of the reasons that? why, yeah, just like, know, knowing more about it. I didn't know, I was, I was kind of in my own kind of ignorant bliss before that, before I actually found out the kind of the, the facts and information. But, uh, and it's much better choice. Well, I went to a barbecue. Um, we had a barbecue at our house. It's still locked down for anyone, listeners. And yeah, the, the choice to eat um, like the kind of the, the fake meat now is, is much better than it was yeah, five, 10 years ago. Definitely. So, uh, yeah, so I didn't cut it. it's Not really millennial money mindset, but yeah, I guess it's kind of mindset with the, the vegetarian kind of question. But um, yeah, so imagine you had one day left to live, um, Sam. So, yeah, you've got what would you what would you do at your time or what would you regret not doing?
1: um well first can we pretend that it's not locked down so it's not yes. like my my only day left to live um <laughs> i feel like this tongue-in-cheek um but maybe i'd regret saving for the future because it feels like a bit of a waste now if i've just got one day um
0: yeah.
1: but actually and this is like a really weird one that maybe i regret not having a will
0: okay it's interesting that
1: i've never even thought about but so important
0: so yes, I've I have a will, but yeah, I personally have a will. But yeah, it's, I've, I see so many people not having a will, especially if you're, if someone say for instance, not married with kids. This there's certain red flags that kind of actually you should really be having a will. Or yeah, if you're in kind of certain complicated situations where, if you're essentially you've got a different partner with different with and you've got kids with different partners as we're kind of millennials this is kind of normal now whereas I guess we talked about our parents that didn't actually happen these are kind of the red flags where I was like I had where I speak to clients in the past where it's actually this is one of the things you really need to get sorted and it's quite easy I mean there's a debate about do you just go to WH Smith or someone else and get a, a DIY will but I speak to solicitors and they say that they shouldn't do that which is probably right but yeah I don't know that I'm not the expert on kind of wills um but yeah essentially it's it's, it's a hot topic and yeah it's, it's, they're quite simple to do um if you get yeah,
1: a, to, there, like startups as well kind of tackling this space now as well so maybe what you say is right it's not good enough to just go to WH smith um but again i'm also not the expert as someone who doesn't have a will
0: yeah i guess it depends on your situation if you're if you've got really a simple situation, it's they say it's better to have at least something written down than not written down um and yeah, yeah. In my, I have a, I have a little game. It's um a, like a card game, and yeah, one of the things was I was debating should I have a DIY will in there, but I kind of think thought of the kind of the legal implications if people did that did that wrong. But, um, yeah, it's got I've got a little box of kind of loads of little bonuses and kind of little add-ons and little, um, yeah, it's called football formation asset allocation. Essentially, it's teaching you how to invest around a football team. So it's like Essentially, it's a six week coaching package. It's quite, it gets, it's getting really good uh, feedback from my clients. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, it was, we don't have a will in it, but um, that was one of the, the conversations we had. Should we include a will in it? And we decided not to in the end. But yeah, that was kind of, um, yeah, one day left to live. That's quite a sensible answer to have a will, but um, I was expecting a bit more. Um, yeah, I guess you've only got one, one day. It's not much, but um, yeah so yeah if you... I
1: probably will. just to be clear i wouldn't i probably whilst i have a regret that i don't have one i probably wouldn't spend my one day making a will yeah i
0: was gonna say that's not the most rock and roll kind of answer i've heard it's like uh, <laughs> but no that's probably the most sensible answer i've heard so uh, no fair enough um but um, so what's been your greatest investment sam here's a quick message from our sponsors this podcast episode is sponsored by money tips the money coaching company are you stressed and worried about money? Maybe you think that you'll never have enough to stop working. Perhaps you're worried about inflation eroding the pound coin in your back pocket. Or maybe you're worried about losing all your hard-earned savings in the next stock market crash. You are not alone. Money worries tops a pole as the biggest cause of stress today for 25 to 50-year-olds. 11.5 million people in the UK have less than hundred pounds in savings and invest investments. Money tips are here to help. We offer a new and unique solution to this problem without having to pay crazy expensive financial advice fees. What we offer is a five step method to money mindset called football formation asset allocation, where we build your portfolio around a football team. Time is our most precious asset. By the end of this coaching package, you will only need to spend 93 minutes a year on your investment. And it will only be at one click of a button to invest. This is because we automate everything. Today, it's never been simpler, easier or cheaper to invest. Investing is simple, but it's not easy. We... We offer this coaching package giving you the support, the confidence and experience to invest to empower you to make your own investing decisions at one click of a button. Football Formation Mason Asset Allocation Coaching Package offers one-to-one coaching sessions. We offer workbooks, at-home study course with four hours of unique and exclusive content. We build a bespoke life plan for you and we also offer... Give you the Football Formation Asset Allocation Card Game. And as a bonus, we'll offer, we give you the book, the Financial Times shortlisted book, for Millennial Money Mindset, if you want the fruits, you need the roots, as well as bonuses of tools and technology to make your life easier. To find out more, just send me a message. My name's Neil Doig. I'm the founder of Money Tips. Alternatively, send Money Tips a message. We're on LinkedIn. We're on Instagram. We're on Facebook. Send a message to this podcast. Alternative, check out our website. It's www.moneytips.co.uk, and money tips is spelt T-I-P-P-S because it stands for tax, investment, property, pension, savings. And now back to the podcast. Been your greatest investment, Sam? Uh,
1: well, I'm seriously hoping that money is uh, is my, my greatest investment. So I quit my job at the start of the year. And it was a pretty good job. Um, yeah basically living off my savings now and some of my savings i invested in money so we're bootstrapping yeah. at the moment um i'm hoping we get a good return
0: yeah i think personally. i mean i'm in the same situation where i've started my own business and people say what's the best investment i've made and yeah essentially i think at the moment it's the best opportunity you can have is starting your own business i think yeah the upside is essentially un- unlimited and the skills and kind of experience that i've learned personally from starting my own business it's yes Second to none working in than I, If I I did have a corporate job that I had before, and I was kind of yeah, you, it pushes you to learn a lot more, much more quick, uh, much more quickly. Um, so yeah, so, so yeah, no, that seems. How have you found the essentially the entrepreneurial journey?
1: Yeah, it's good. I mean, I think, and I don't know if, if if you're the same, but I think maybe you have to be quite naive to to like quit your job and start your own company because if you <laughs> didn't know how hard it was, maybe you wouldn't do it. Um, I don't know if you feel
0: the same. Or... I was definitely naive in the, I, I I love, as I said, reading books. I'm like a bit of a book nerd. And like Tim Ferriss is kind of one of my, um, like he wrote the four hour work week And I guess I was naive that um, that I could be, I could live the four hour work week without, especially my first year. I was like, no, this is not going to happen. Yeah. It's it's not, um, yeah, I've got to hustle and grind and not the actual, to actually create this business to, yeah, I yeah. guess I kind of thought read too many books and was maybe naive that you could, yeah, it would be that simple, but um, yeah, yeah it proved wrong quite quite quickly.
1: Yeah, I think for me, like, and I, again, I don't know if it's the same for you, but like, I'm not really. And this sounds a bit arrogant, but it's not meant to be. Like, I'm not really used to failing.
0: Like, yes. Okay. Um, well, no, I fail all the time. Maybe that's why. Um...
1: But now, now, do you fail all the time, or did you fail all the time before?
0: So I guess this. Yeah, interesting point. I guess. Yes, I'm. I mean what i was thinking back to school like what i was good at my two things i was good at was geography and business business studies those two things have held me in pretty good stead from starting my own business and investing essentially is geography and business so that essentially my my two favorite subjects but yeah i guess i was not the i wasn't like an a star student where i kind of i was the guy who would be i had selling chocolate bars i used to buy chocolate bars um on my way to school and sell them at the tuck shop because i saw there was essentially they were overcharging and yeah i failed by it worked pretty well in winter but then summer came and yeah my chocolate melted halfway through the class uh and yeah my kind of product kind of disappeared oh yeah so essentially yeah i I failed quite a few times but um
1: and I, i i feel like since since starting money like i don't think i've heard people say no Quite as often, like everything's a no is, yeah. is kind of our motto now. Until it's a yes, everything's a no.
0: Yeah, I've yeah. I guess they call it resilience in the kind of corporate world. It's like building up that resilience. But um, yeah,
1: definitely.
0: Yeah, I think, I think of it like yeah, where you want to head to. Coming on, actually, the next question, essentially, like the UN goals. Essentially, what problem are you looking to solve? I kind of look that as my kind of like north star. And if I like, if I'm think that I'm generally genuinely helping people or will be helping people I think like it's worth the kind of knockbacks maybe so that's kind of the thing (laughs) that gets me through the nose but um yeah essentially the UN goals is yeah 17 of the biggest problems that we're facing as a as a world the United Nations have kind of come out with I don't know it's been out for years but I've I've kind of come on board with it recently yeah seven biggest problems sustainable goals so yeah what if you could click your fingers and solve one one of these problems what would it what would it be sam
1: yeah i think for me it would probably be the fourth one so quality education
0: okay I think interesting
1: but yeah just ensuring that people have a good education actually helps to solve some of the other goals as well right so like gender equality i think one of the ways you can tackle that is making sure that like girls and young women have a good education
0: yeah
1: with education and i think from like a, a personal standpoint um obviously I, I have an education but um my background like my family didn't go to uni I'm the first person in my family to go to uni and I went to an appalling state school um and I see people I went to school with who who are really smart but just never like never went to uni because they didn't have the support from the school or the encouragement so I just think it's really important
0: for good education okay cool and you say what how's it been like a woman in tech as well you mentioned that what tell me more about that because the statistics are crazy I mean we talked about it in one of the podcast episodes um the unfair advantage and um, if you look at the kind of the the, the amount of money the kind of the startup capital going to kind of typically white males it's kind of crazy compared to other um other uh, people so yeah tell me more how was that being kind of a woman in especially the tech sector is built which is kind of stereotypically i don't know why but maybe male um but yeah tell me more about that
1: The stat that you're talking about i was actually just in a on a call with some investors this morning. Is um, is it like for every one pound or something that goes to a man, like a few p goes to to women for investments? Wow. So there's like a huge disparity.
0: So huge. why do you think that is?
1: We we're actually so I was in like an ask me anything call, um, and we were talking about that. And I think maybe sometimes women, and this is like generalising, but also just thinking about myself, like we don't sell ourselves as much. Okay. Like at least for me, maybe I feel like sometimes I'm. I'm like too modest and maybe I should be like, actually, you know, I am the best at this and I'm great, but I, I, I don't do that. And I think maybe we're not encouraged to do that growing up. But again, sweeping generalization, but from my experience.
0: Okay. yeah, Interesting. So how would you change it?
1: Yeah. So I think um, there's a lot of um, VCs at the moment who are, who are trying to do a lot to tackle this. So they run um, like office hours. So if you're a startup with a woman as one of the co-founders, you can go and they'll basically give you introductions to investors because I think a lot of the time to get investment, you need an intro from someone. Um, So they kind of do that for you to try and help. And then they'll also offer mentorship as well.
0: Okay, so have you gone down the investment route?
1: So we're just starting to think about um, investing now. So we've been bootstrapping for like four to five months um, and we're looking to raise in the coming months, I think.
0: So what's your end goal? What what are you looking to achieve?
1: Yeah, I think like long term for money, I'd love it if everyone was using money just because it would solve hopefully all of their financial problems, right? Like they could see all their finances in one place, they could have a personalised financial plan, know exactly what they needed to do to be able to meet all their important life goals. And they didn't need to worry about it because we just implemented for them would be the goal.
0: Okay, cool. And what sets you apart from other kind of apps i know we had cash Coach on um season one there's a few other people we spoke to yeah what's kind of your unique selling point what would you what's different
1: yeah i love cash coach by the way Um, i I know sam i think what they're building is so cool and i think the idea behind it is great Um, i think what's different about money does so a lot of apps and cash coach i guess included kind of focus on budgeting and what sets us apart is that we do the not that budgeting isn't hard, but we do the really hard stuff, right? So actually building a personalized financial plan for someone is really hard because you need to make sure that they meet every single important life goal, that they can actually afford it. So, like, I can tell you you need to save £1,000 a month, but if you don't have that to save, then what good is the plan? Um, and then I think also not only being able to afford it, you actually need to, to be tax efficient as well, right? Like, there's no point in putting all your money in your pension um, if it means you're going to be charged extra tax on it, for example. And so that optimization problem is really difficult to solve.
0: Okay. Interesting. Cause I, I used to use Voyant with clients or cash. Mm-hmm. Uh, but these are more kind of advisor. Exactly. Based. Yeah. Um, I do offer with my, I, I do money coaching. So I do one-to-ones, I do accelerators and I've got like this learning experience as well. And we offer Voyant, and they do a one month free and it's quite, it's quite handy. I, I see the kind of similarities as well. It's quite mm-hmm. handy, but I guess that, Boy, and it's quite, it's more for an advisor kind of point of view, where I guess what you're doing is sort of an app and it's a bit kind of user. It's more for the user rather than the advisor. Is what like, I,
1: right? like, I guess you have, you have such a wealth of, of knowledge, right? Financial knowledge and even just like understanding what comes out of this software. I think yeah. what we're trying to build is for people who, who don't have that knowledge already and trying to make it as simple as possible so that they can get the same sort of benefits.
0: Yeah. It's a huge problem I mean so the, the, the big thing that I see is essentially the the responsibility has moved from the company, so in my parents generation, the company used to look after you, so or your government would look after you, so t- today it's the individual who has to understand money and have to understand their future essentially. so that's the big challenge that I'm, the, the problem that I'm trying to solve essentially is and communicating that with people. I don't think people understand. That and yeah, the statistics are kind of crazy. So, 11.5 million people in the UK have less than 100 pounds in savings or investing. And I sit down with clients and I kind of say, Yes, they've done really well. I've got I don't know, even like a thousand pounds, even like 15,000 pounds, they see really pleased. And it's like, How long is that going to last you for when you stop working? You kind of see, yeah, it's they've got kind of, I think of it like a mountain, they've just started they kind of see the mountain kind of getting bigger. But yeah, unfortunately, um. Yeah, it's it's a but it, the good thing is investing has never been simpler, easier, cheaper than ever before. And yeah, there's technology is amazing today. And yeah, hopefully the education is improving by yeah the work that people are doing today. So yes, yeah, so what about any great quotes, any books you would recommend, or something that funny that's happened, or anything funny that you've heard to just to kind of wrap up?
1: Um, I guess. This is like really, really nerdy, and you probably don't want this on your podcast. I don't. <laughs> Not something funny that happened to me. Well, I find it funny, but I think maybe only people who are like into computer science find it funny. Okay. So, um, I guess just touching on when I was saying it's a really difficult optimization problem to solve. Last weekend, I was um, I basically had like loads of whiteboards in the living room, and I was doing all of the maths to help with the optimization, and I was coding it up in Python in case there are any computer science people who are interested to know listening. Um, and I was so frustrated with this error. Um, and I, I'm telling this story, and I feel like maybe you're not even going to get the joke, but I'm going to tell it anyway because I love it. Um, As so I was getting really, really frustrated um, because the number I was getting was like slightly off, like always by a few. Um, and then my partner came in and he was like, You know, there are two hard things in computer science cash invalidation, naming things, and off by one errors. Uh,
0: <laughs> well, so much. Thanks so much for your time. I really appreciate it. And yeah, sounds like you're doing great work with money. So yeah, thank you much. Thank you so much for your time. This is Millennial Money Mindset. If you want the fruits, you need the roots. Please like, please subscribe, and please tell one person. So, yeah, thank you so much for all the five-star reviews as well. And, yeah, we need some more subscribers. So if you're at home listening to this, if you enjoyed Sam and um, myself talking about money and, um, yeah, improving people's finances, yeah, please subscribe. And, yeah, thank you so much. This is Millennial Money Mindset. If you want the fruits, you need the roots money mindset i think
1: that sounds alright